0: Did you ever want to eavesdrop when two people meet for the very first time? Well, here you go. We bring together two people who didn't know they would meet each other, who didn't know about this one topic that unites them. Here it is, a blind date of travel heroes. Who am I? Um, okay, it's an easy question. or um, well, It's a difficult question sometimes. Uh, but, so my name is Ian Cumming, and um, who am I? I'm Australian. Uh, I... Have been in, living in Berlin for the last um, couple of weeks, um, but uh, I work on an organisation called Travel Massive. Um, so that's probably what most people in the tourism industry um, know me as, the uh, founder of Travel Massive. Wow, oh, that's cool! You come
1: from a land down under.
0: I do, literally. <laughs> yeah. Who oh, are you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I- I'm Philip. I'm Philip uh, Ibrahim. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm from a land down under as well, but it's only down under in Germany. It's uh, Swabia. It's uh, in the so- southern part of Germany.
0: I've never so heard I'm, of Swabia. I'm going to use Google Maps and look this up. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, you will know it because Stuttgart, our capital, um, has a, quite a couple of cars that a lot of people drive. Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, they come from that city. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, what, that's the reaction I always get when I, when I explain it. Do you drive a fast, do you have a fast car? No. Okay. no. It's something I'm not really interested in, in cars. I'm just interested in getting from A to B, how it doesn't matter. And I, um, I'm here in Berlin. I'm the general manager of the student hotel, recently opened four weeks ago, <laughs> uh, six weeks ago, actually. And uh, sometimes I'm a bit cold, but uh, six weeks open. First of October, we we're, we're opened our hotel. And um, I'm in Berlin since 13 years already. Wow. So uh, it's quite quite a time, <laughs> looking back. Tell Let's us see. something that people usually don't know about you. So ah. What do people usually don't know about me? It's, you go first. Well, you got to think about it. Um, Well, when they see me, actually, that's quite easy. When, when they see me now... People won 't realize that I have lost in approximately two years one and a half years over seventy five kilograms. so if you see me now, you will not know that for sure that's probably yeah that might be an answer let's think about if there is something else how did you How
0: did you lose the weight
1: i I had a, a belly surgery um, which was quite time too and um, then uh, I came from 175 kilo down to around 95 now, uh, which is quite
0: good. Is that why you have a gym at the student hotel? I've seen that.
1: I wish it would be the reason, but I lost before I started at student hotel already. But a gym at the student hotel is quite good, quite nice. I do like to train out and work out there.
0: Um, something that people usually don't know about me. Um, let me think about that. Uh, a lot of people don't know that I am a programmer, so I actually developed the Travel Massive platform. So uh, you I wear
1: your so. glasses for the reason being nerdy.
0: Uh, I wear the glasses for two reasons. So um, people think that I'm smart. And, uh, <laughs> also, that uh, it's very easy to get into bars and nightclubs when you're wearing glasses is it yeah, people, I've never heard that yeah you never have any problems they just let you straight in and they just think yeah this guy's wearing glasses so he's not gonna cause any problems so
1: that is a very that's a very very I'm gonna I'm gonna try that because I have some uh, uh, glass glasses without strength at home that I wanted to use because I have contact lenses okay for the same reason that I don't like glasses I've <laughs> worn glasses all my life and if you don't if you're not able to wear sunglasses I get frustrated so right and 20 years without without glasses
0: Uh, This is an unfair question, I want to say, because the question is my favorite travel destination. And I mean, I don't think that you can ever have a favorite. Like, You can have a favorite within a context. Say your favorite destination for uh, skiing or your favorite destination for beach. I don't think you can just have one favorite.
1: I think um, most of the time, all the destinations that I would love to visit twice would tend to be very favorite, favorable for me. Right. Um, because I love to do city trips, and a lot of times I have visited the city, and then you make a mark. So quite, quite a good example for me, where what is not my favorite travel destination is New York. Mm-hmm. Everybody speaks about New York, and you have to be there. And I went there once, and it was not like catching me that much. So it wasn't like I don't feel the must of going there. But funny-wise, uh, I do have a couple of favorite destinations but I do agree that it's probably I would name it in a perimeter how long do you uh, can you fly so how far do you go for a weekend trip how far do you go for a short trip or a uh, beach holiday yep. so in, in a short perspective I really love Istanbul I think it's an amazing city um, the atmosphere whatever you can but you live there that is quite good the weather is always great
0: it's got a buzz I think yeah, Istanbul. yeah.
1: It it, 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 you can always put me. And then, for, any, for our destinations, I'm an Asian guy. You know, I can go to Thailand. Sure. You can wake me. I go to Bangkok straight away. Right. I don't care. Uh, Bangkok is my shit.
0: I used to live in Bangkok. No. Yeah. Right. That's great. So that that's my answer to uh, my favorite travel. How long? How long have you lived there? Uh, I lived there on and off for about uh, three years. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's long. massive because it's so bougie. I mean, you're never quiet. Day day is more active than uh, night is more active than day. You have all these. Night markets, millions of tourists,
0: yep. smog. Oh, that's crazy. It's, uh, yeah, but at the same time, Bangkok is a city where, um, if you've been there, you'd notice that no one honks their horns. True. You know, you can walk for an entire... A bus could do a, a, a three-point turn in the middle of an intersection. And they do. And, <laughs> and no one will get kind of upset about it. So I think, you know, Bangkok, although it's quite, kind of quite hectic, is also a place where there's a lot of calm... True. I agree. Uh, what defines a community? What this is what we're here community? for. Right?
1: Wow, that gets very intense. What defines a community? I think um, I can say what what does it. What defines community for me? Community starts with with you because it includes well it includes myself in my surrounding. So I have to be open to form a community. Um, I, I have some words that are flying around now, probably mm-hmm. buzzwords in terms of. So my community has to be like yeah. uplifting for me. So I'd, I wouldn't have like a community that puts me down, yeah. whatever terms. Supportive. Uh, supportive. Yeah. Reliable. Probably sometimes you need your community to be reliable. And whenever, whenever, whenever something is community-like or community communication, there's a lot of community in a lot of words. Um, it has to it's a positive thing for me so there must fun be involved for me yeah.
0: I, I think um, I, I've actually kind of stu- tried to stu- study the definition of a community and, and it's there are actually lots of definitions lots of people mm. have different ways of describing what a community is but for us um, for me a community is a group of individuals or people that um, are working t- in, towards something that have some sort of shared uh, shared set of values sure. That work together to support each other t- towards um, achieving a common mission. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I think that is um, as well the point why why it has to include you in uh, in whatever they do because you have yep. to fit in with your own values, whatever yep. value it is. Yep. And it could it could be different communities touching each other at seven points. For your private Every
0: thing. the thing about a community is that every person adds value to a community so community cannot be a one-way street so you know there's Mm. this concept of um, you know audiences audiences are not communities Uh, you know because that's one to many but a community is many to many and every person in a community contributes Um, so then the the value of the community is greater than um, just the sum of all the parts
1: what what does the what makes a community um, break down or wh- why why do you think communities are dismantled or not working anymore? What could be reasons for that? What what makes oh that's a good question. Now, for example, I think about you know what you describe is right. What you describe is right, but then there is a, a moment where one person decides to you know bring in the and uh, not the right value like the other one. So mm-hmm. either this person is put out of the community Mm -hmm. so for the one part the community lives on but for the other part there might be like a new community because they are finding a new value a new strength
0: well i think that comes down to community values so everyone in a community needs to know what their values are what the community stands for and they need to hold other people in the community to account if uh they feel that okay this person might be acting in a way that doesn't um contribute to those to those values. Um, hmm. Sometimes communities can split up because, you know, there might be a, a subgroup of that community that believes, you know, that they have a different set of values.
1: True. Um, yeah, I, agree.
0: I agree. So I think communities are also very um, dynamic. Yeah. Can't be static.
1: What is so special about the community you've created? Well... Uh, Let's see what it reflects on. Actually, um, 10 years ago, I founded a a network of hotels in Berlin that cater open to LGBT people uh, called Pink Pillow, which was uh, quite special at that time. And until today, there is no other destination that has something like this. So there is a community of 60 hotels sharing the same value that that says that we want to cater open to LGBT people without being a gay or lesbian theme hotel I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, want to crea- we want to keep our own um, hotel personality without kicking people out and now looking back at the last 10 years and seeing these hotels emerge and not really having an international acceptance in what we have done so far um, that is a very special feeling and that's a very special situation and uh, I guess sometimes I wonder that you have like such a great great value of people great people that that really do that pink pillow thing in a very very certain manner so that is very special for me
0: yeah have you met uh members of your community that have uh you know that have come back to you with feedback about how your community has has made an an impact in in their lives? well
1: the 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 good thing is the, the topic didn't exist in Berlin in that way that we did it when we started. So there was no clear value for LGBT marketing on the side of the hotels. So we had like an empty paper that we could fill. So today the paper is full with stories and full with emotions, which is quite good. But now if I compare what we have done in Berlin to other destinations, for me it freaks out that there is no other destination worldwide that has a self-funded, non-profit uh, LGBT network of hotels because it's actually quite simple and therefore it really gives a lot of feedback that a lot of people are interested in the way how we did it and I always I learned, I learned the word straight ally from uh, my friend Stuart Cameron who told who me once what a straight ally is I, ne- I never knew that this exists but I think what underlines is that the people who do Pink Pillow they don't have to be gay or lesbian and I think sometimes that gets gives a bit of credibility to what we do mm-hmm. huh? Uh, that was uh, that was a good run
0: so what's uh, what's so special about the community that I have created Um, so actually so I started uh, Travel Massive about 10 years ago so maybe our communities are about the the same age but uh, I think um, teens soon to be teens yeah Uh, so so Travel Massive is a worldwide um, community for people that work in the tourism industry Um, and I I think I can safely say it's probably the largest open source uh, professional network in the world that focuses on travel and tourism. So we have about 50,000 members um, registered on our platform, and um, there are travel massive chapters in 115 cities in seventy countries. So, I mean, that's quite sizable, I think. Wow. Um, uh, but I think that travel massive could could definitely be a lot a lot bigger than what it currently is, but uh, I think what makes th- the size of travel massive isn 't what makes travel massive so special. I think what makes travel travel massive special is that it is a purpose driven value driven um, community so rather than just saying, well you know we 're just this giant network of people in the travel industry we 've actually set. Um, a number of values for our community and we've set a mission. So um, our mission is to connect the future of travel and uh, to uh, make the tourism industry more accessible to everyone. Um, And then the values that Travel Massive um, has is uh, built around um, a number of things, including promoting innovation, promoting responsible tourism, because I think the travel industry... Um, really has an important role to play in sustainability. True. Um, Also um, promoting and and fostering diversity in the tourism industry.
1: What is the benefit that the individual members... Sorry. What the ben- what is the benefit for the individual members to individual be part for- of uh, Travel
0: Massive? Uh the yeah, so the so the benefit for members um is that they can attend um events. So the Travel Massive community hosts hundreds of events around the world. Um that might be networking events or seminars or workshops where people can learn about the tourism industry, about particular topics, they can meet other people. Um, and it's a way to be able to connect with other people in tourism, not just in your own city, but worldwide. That's cool. Um, so I think what makes Travel Massive special is that we are value-driven and mission-driven. Um, and it's not just about being a giant network in, in the travel industry. You have, a, you
1: have a network where you communicate with, within the network? You have, like, your own communication platform? Is
0: uh, part yes, of it? Uh, so travelmassive.com is uh, the platform. So okay. it's sort of like, think of like LinkedIn for the tourism industry.
1: Never. Uh, it's so funny. I never heard of it. So I'm really... You should join. Yeah, I'll do that immediately.
0: Why is it so important to have communities today? Um,
1: I think sometimes a community is like a hub where you can, you know, get feedback, probably get... Um, Get advice, get mm-hmm. like a knowledge that you have not well, that you will not ask from somebody else. I would say the travel industry is one part where you really we have our own language. so mm-hmm. if we talk sometimes we talk to each other and you take down the notes of the abbreviations and stuff, uh, so much stuff that you only understand when you work in that industry, and I think that's quite common in this in, in all the other um, industries or communities as well and um, sometimes it gives you guidance and security Um, you have people that you can rely on and you can come back on and they really look at you and say probably have you tried this, have you gathered this information and stuff, that's quite good
0: I'm still thinking about that question Um, I mean I think there's lots of reasons why communities are important but I mean the question is why are they important today Mm. Um, if you were to think about that I would imagine that Part of, part of being in a community is also that, you know, so much of our lives uh, is spent online. 100% agree. And, uh, and communities provide... Well, communities can be online communities and they can connect people um, across the world. So there's an element of that that you might feel that you might be alone in wherever you might live, but yeah. you can be part of something... That's international. So, I mean, I think that the, the internet is, is very powerful in connecting communities. But the internet has also been um, quite instrumental in, I think, making people feel isolated. If you think about social media and, you know, the power of things like Instagram, you know, they can be great, but they can also be very dangerous because, you know, some people, I think, can feel isolated in, uh, on the internet just alone and so communities that are at, a, at a local level give people a place where they, where they can meet other people and find support um, you know I think the ability to know that there are like minded people that you can talk to that share the same values that you do can kind of yeah
1: probably community communities have always been there just the lookout was different you know earlier yeah. it was church church gave a lot of um yeah. Like uh, guidance yeah. uh, or when I look in my family, they come from smaller villages, you know. This village life is the same thing like community. You know, everybody, you share the, special, the same interest by living in that area. Uh, and I think what you say is right. The, the global picture that you can access today, you know, you open a webcam on the, on the North Pole and the next second you open a webcam somewhere in Hawaii. And you have life images, which was never the case earlier. It sometimes can make you get lost in all that possibility. So I do agree. Yeah,
0: three first steps,
1: the three first steps to start a community. I think you you always said the first step, you need to define a common goal or something that you have in common, common, so community. But, but actually a that's, value.
0: yeah some values but that's interesting because uh, in fact probably the, f- the first few years of Travel Massive and Travel Massive started organically so um, and it was also kind of a little bit by accident that it was created so I started um, a meetup um, in Sydney uh, back in like 2011 and it was uh, to meet other people in the travel industry and that was it I never thought that it would turn into what's now known as Travel Massive Um, And uh, other people started these chapters, right? Because they wanted to do the same things in their cities. And it's still, I really didn't understand why, you know, this existed. I had, I had a few ideas, um, you know, that I knew that there were, you know, content creators and travel bloggers and travel startups that didn't feel like there was a place for them to meet. And that's one of the reasons why they were creating these travel massive chapters. But um, I actually, didn't, I had to talk to hundreds of people and ask them why they were coming to our meetups and start to synthesize that information, in, you know, into the set of values. So I think it's good to have a set of values, but I actually think that sometimes you might not even know what the set of values are or they might be surprising to you. Um, but I do think, yeah, you do you need at least a mission. You, need, you yeah. need a goal. You need to be able to say, this is what we stand for. So that would be step one. I would say step two is... You just have to start, and you know, for me, Travel Massive started with five people having a beer on the rooftop of the YHA mm. in Sydney, uh, and so you don't have to have a thousand people or you know, or you can no, start right. a community with with just five people. Um, so I think the second thing is just to to do it, to do it, yeah, yeah. and don't be afraid of failure a little bit of failure and you might have to try it a few times but I think that that would be the second step I think we've got to come up with three steps what would be the third step well
1: I think if you're a smaller group it's easy because you can gather those same thoughts or same ideas but there's a moment where it gets so big that it's sometimes probably difficult to to get the DNA or your own thoughts into writing or pictures or whatever so I think this Development of your own language and/or your own communication or your own global picture, um, like verbalizing it and giving people a chance to follow it, would mm-hmm. be the third for me. So, yep. well, well, whatever yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you give, you give your baby a name. Yeah, yeah, it's what you do when you get a kid or buy a dog. Yep. You might it call needs, dog, yeah,
0: and it needs. Uh, it need you need to be able to explain it in a very simple way True. to people. Yeah, um, you know, communities can be very complicated things that you could spend hours talking to someone about. But, you know, in order for other people to understand what it is and want to join, you have to simplify it. And, you know, because that's what makes it easy for other people to then invite, you know, other people to a community. And True. say, well, join, my comu- join the community that I'm in because it stands for X, Y, Z. You know, and if you can get everyone to be on the same page with that, it makes it much easier to bring more people in into your community that that said that's yeah. if that's if your goal is that you want to scale your community and make it really big and i'd argue that not all communities have to be super no. huge um some of them could be just perfect with a thousand people or
1: yeah, people. or whatever they are yeah I think that there's no question in size yeah, i agree
0: how do you keep your communities alive and engaged um
1: that's funny because um, my main, well, my job is I, I work at the student hotel. The student hotel is a is a hybrid model. It's the only hybrid hotel model that combines several um, target groups under one big roof, and uh, the massive, the biggest part of what we do, the success of the day job, is the engagement and the the, the action happening. To put it in words, because we have. I cover two two hundred eighty five students living in the hotel when it is good. with one hundred ninety hotel guests and another forty fifty people who were not students but still living longer than four or five months in the hotel.
0: I wanted to stay at your hotel, and I hope we were fully booked. Please tell me, huh? No, it was before you'd opened. Oh, ah, well, then yeah, you couldn't you couldn't accommodate me, but um, but I, I love the concept of it.
1: Yeah, so next time you you're gonna be there for sure. Yeah, but I think then you would realize that this whole um. Accepting the brand as a home Mm -hmm. and having people walking in your home and living there actively is quite a unique experience. And so we have a dedicated person that the main role is, as we would say, twenty-four-seven, no, but at least thirty-eight hours a week Mm -hmm. to make events, events where we. Where we combine and connect, because it's about connection, Um, locals, the students, the hotel guests, the short stay or long stay guests, uh, startups or or interesting topics, whatever they come from, diversity from CSR or whatever, Mm -hmm. and just put that in a big pot and make a nice soup out of it. And that is really what drives the success of the company Student Hotel, but as well gives your one, my one property. A very very unique vibe that I've never experienced before in a hotel.
0: I think um, engaged and how how do you keep your community engaged? Um, I think well, I mean, I think also communities evolve. I mean, I think that the some of the the uh, you know for Travel Massive some of the challenges that we we were you know our mission that we were performing. Five or six years ago, might be different to the mission that we're perf- that we're performing now. I mean, we were we were a place where um, travel bloggers were accepted. Um, we were a place where you know travel startups were accepted, um, where you know they might have felt alienated in, in other parts mm. of the industry. But you know the industry has moved on, she and said, yeah. you know now it's a given that um, brands work with content creators and travel bloggers but I think I would say that one of the things that's important is that your community can evolve and allowing your community to evolve because people will bring things into your community uh, and as if your community expands then you know, and as the industry changes the context in which your community exists in you know you have to adapt and so I think um, you you have to continually re- Evaluate your mission and your values, and make sure that the things that you're doing, um, you know, are, are relevant not only to your to those values, but to the industry. So I think that's one thing about um, keeping your community engaged.
1: And you're gonna give them the, the the same the same right to change direction, to adapt to local or other needs. Especially yeah. when you work with local groups, I'm sure you're gonna experience you experience already that there's a different approach in. I don't know where your local chapter is than in another one. So, yep. and then you have the first ones asking, "Can we take another color, or can we take another date? Because that date is not the the, the national travel massive date in our country. Is like I don't know the day where you uh, celebrate something else. So I'm I'm sure that is the, that is the key when you have reached a certain size, and that's the scalability of the community. I think there is a moment where everything below that is just fine and good to organize and then you get bigger and then you need to probably adapt your own vision and mission to the re- to the fact that you're so big mm-hmm. that you have certain meanings behind that yeah.
0: i think you also have to continue to curate your community so you know in the early days of travel massive everyone knew everyone i mean so it was yeah, very easy. We're to... <laughs> i mean there was a thousand people and every person you pretty much had heard of everyone else but you know, when you, you as you scale the community, I mean, I, I know um, most of our chapter leaders, and I, and I and I try to make a point of meeting our chapter leaders in person, getting to know them, um, and a lot of our members. Uh, it's like uh, Tom about, of MySpace, yeah. You know Tom uh, of MySpace, <laughs> <laughs> except, except no one automatically follows you when they join. But, but, the, but the but the interesting thing is is that is that um you know I travel massive, uh, you know. For what I want to do with the community is showcase people that are doing really amazing things in tourism. That's what makes me really excited. Mm. You know, but there are thousands of people doing amazing things in tourism. So you've got to find a way to be able to celebrate and showcase and highlight. All these really amazing things that are going on inside of inside of your community. So I think that's what keeps it alive. Is you've got to recognise the people that are making contributions and the people that are doing awesome things. That's um, I think that's really important to the survival of, of a community. What's the best part of your job?
1: I, well, I can answer that question easily because for me, being in a hotel was really a decision by heart. So I always wanted to be, No, actually I didn't want it always want to be a hotel general manager, but I uh, I did the German Abitur and I said I want to have a job where I can really stand up every day and think, hey, I can do this job until the end of days. Mm-hmm. I can go in a hotel, I can go in my hotel and actually looking backwards, wherever I worked I had the same feeling. Um, I want to work with people, so working with people is an absolutely must. Having the ability to be of being myself or of being friendly or sometimes unfriendly, just adapting to the needs, um, that is that is very much my passion. And I, I gotta say, like the the host, the Gastgeber in German, that is really for me be the best part. I love if somebody is in my hotel or my place and really enjoys what they feel what they have what they eat it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. as long as they go out and really say hey that was a good time a good life or whatever we had spent so for me this is the best
0: the best part of my job I think is that I get to see all of the things that are happening in the tourism industry at this sort of global level and I get to um, I get to meet Really interesting people that are that are um, either startup founders or they might have um, they might be business owners, they might be tour guides. But I get to meet people every day that are that are completely obsessed and passionate about um, the tourism industry and the positive impact that tourism makes in the world. So. That's, um, I think, one of the best things about my job.
1: They should have asked me what I don't like. You know what I don't like? What do you know? I have to sign so much stuff. When you work in Germany, you like sometimes you feel yourself like a little signage monkey. You just mm-hmm. do that, like <laughs> time and time again. So I always said, the moment where I have a stamp of my signature, I feel like a German uh, person. A bureaucrat. A, a bureaucrat. That is nothing. Clack 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 clack. <laughs> That's really the only thing that I really drives me crazy. Yeah. Especially that you can understand there are people that are checking on your signature in Germany. So there is a control at any stage of something and they come to check whether you have signed at this spot this paper. And That's amazing. I wonder what they do. When you ask them what is the best part of your job, it's like checking signatures of people. I hope I hear them in this podcast as well once. <laughs> ha! Uh, That's a 50 50 question for me. 8 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday, where would we meet you at? Mm, Well, I do have my son 50% of the time. That includes 50% of the weekends. And usually when he's around me, 8 a.m. is a time where he might be already ready for action. So sometimes I can push him a bit forward by... um, putting on a record or some story in my iPhone, which I could do. You're woken up by the, by the child alarm clock. No, he's very, he's, normally he wakes me up very nice and he's, yeah. it's a moment where he just, I know he gets very movable and he's touching you all the time so I know it's time to stand up. Yeah. So then, uh, then I might be still in bed um, 8 a.m. on a Sunday. I think I would say 90% in bed, 50% of the time with him and the rest uh, Probably without, but there would be 100
0: percent of the time in bed. <laughs> I love <laughs> sleeping in. No, because I I, I kind of I always work late, and yeah me too. I actually get a i weekends are um, uh, a time when I actually do most of the sort of software development. Um, I, I you're a nerd. A I'm a nerd. Yeah, so my weekends are kind of good because you know there aren't as many emails that are coming in, and uh, I can kind of focus. So. Sometimes if I've made a lot of progress, I might stay up quite late on Saturday. Um, in which case, there's no way that I would be awake on at 8am on a Sunday.
1: Ian, when was the last time you were still awake at 8am in a yeah. Sunday morning? Ooh.
0: Almost, almost last weekend. Um, <laughs> but uh, that that was that was different because I I took the I was in Manchester and I and I kind of took the um, I took the Saturday night off. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm in Manchester for a night. I'm gonna go. And, um, get and, yeah well <laughs> as you do in Manchester but I went to this I went to this uh, I went to this like rave party um, it's, a, it's a random story but I was, I was I needed to get back to Berlin and the only way to get back was via Manchester don't ask me why but um, so I had had this like random Saturday night in Manchester and um, I used to like I used to love going to like rave parties when I was like a teenager and so I looked up Resident Advisor, which is this huge website for like parties and things that are going on. And I found this like old school <coughs> birthday party, f- for, you know, for for um, for this club night. And uh, so I bought a ticket and I, and I went along. And I I almost made it to eight am, but uh, I'm, I'm a lot older than I used to be. So I think
1: I think it's good go to hear it. that we're that's still celebrating. Mine was two weeks ago, and I was. Close to eight as well. I think 7.30 is when I yeah. were home, finally. But I don't remember much.
0: Who's your personal superhero? Um,
1: wow, that's a big question. There's so many layers in that question. Who is my personal superhero? So if I'm talking about role model, I really admire my small brother. Who is um ten years nine years younger than i am and um he he was never a good kid at school he was never like one of those kids I always was a sunshine kid you know i didn't work much and still was at decent grades i didn't i had enough life and didn't spend so much on school, but he really struggled he had to work hard he didn't he didn't uh, understand everything. he couldn't properly you know write. languages were not his thing. He was never a good one. so he went to German Hauptschule, which is not uh, is nothing bad in that, but actually the expectations might have been higher because all the others were on high schools. Uh, I never forget, he said, well, no, why? I don't bother. I do Hauptschule now and then I do one year more and I have the uh, Realschule and then I do another two years and I have my Abitur. So I'm at the same pace than all of you. I just do it in another way. And this guy is such a smart lad today. I, I can't put it in words when when I think when where he comes from and he's now, you know, uh, traveling to China to do like his nerdy stuff, programming stuff. i give you a random story. We're thinking about... Uh, Secret Center, yeah. yeah. We want we we to do Secret Center at home. And I, I'm a type of guy, I open the app store, I look for the app, I download it, put everybody in place, and let them do it. It didn't work. I don't know why. So basically, he said, I'll write a program for it. Mm-hmm. And I said, he's, he's joking. He said, No, I'll have a program that sends out indivi- um, anonymous, the drawn person to your email mm-hmm. box and it worked so I didn't even bother about downloading everything it took him like 10 minutes to fix something where I had to put my email address I took, I mean, like a community you have to be a community then you have to invite everybody so in that layers in that terms he's really for me a superhero but that's more on a personal level I do have massive idols in sports and everybody all the smart sentences of all the sports stars they're all in my head but yeah. personal wise that's my problem
0: I find this question really hard to answer because I've, I've kind of, um, I guess, uh, I'm very stubbornly refused to, to kind of look up to people. And, um, and I mean that sincerely in that, in that I meet, I mean, I meet lots of amazing people. So I would say that I would have a thousand superheroes because there would be lots of people that I get to meet that I'm like wow that person is the smartest person that I've ever met that can do this Mm. you know and I think holding one person up and saying this is the person that's my superhero is um, I don't know but I mean I I think someone that I uh, generally that I admire that it would be well known would be Bill Gates and I think you know he's someone that if you look at what he has decided to do with his wealth um, you know who 's the richest man in the world, I think probably even as we speak, um, that he 's decided to um, c- contribute that wealth to you know not just the stock market and you know making himself richer but he he 's really thought about what are the different um, um, needs of humans you know over the next century mm-hmm. and how do we lift people out of poverty and he 's um, the foundation um, that he's created, I think, has, um, has done some pretty amazing things. But also he writes books and he puts out blog posts. And, you know, if, if you think about someone that has really made it, but then decided to turn that around and make sure that he, he, can, um, he can make that wealth work for the world... Not just a few people. I think that that's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, uh, we came from Superman to Avengers. There's
1: more than one there as well. So yeah. you need more than one hero. Yeah. By the way, the, the the slogan of my hotel now is "Together we can be heroes." Berlin, based okay. on the chap, on the David Bowie. We can all be heroes. Yeah, that's what you mean.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the thing about community, right? Yeah. Is that is that I think in communities you don't want to have. I'm kind of anti-hero. I mean, I don't want I don't want to be. Oh, I'm the founder of Travel Massive and I'm amazing because actually Travel Massive, I'm a small part of Travel Massive. You know, Travel Massive is, isn't... I, it's very easy to simplify it and say that I created it, but I didn't really create it. It was created by thousands of people. And you had an and idea. You, you I had the idea and I'm kind of the benevolent dictator of Travel Massive, but I'm not the... Um, I'm not the superhero of it, and I think, you know, I'd like to think that Travel Massive is full of superheroes, that it can all do amazing things. We don't have to just look up to one person.
1: What's the one personal tip for all the future travel heroes out there? That makes us very Messias-like, right? Right. uh, The son of a preacher. What... One tip that I can... I I don't feel comfortable in giving tips to future heroes. I mean, there's only one thing. Be yourself and you're a hero. Be yourself, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I I would say... uh, I don't know if this is the only person... But, but, you know, personally... Sometimes it's okay to not listen to people. I like it. That's good. Because, you know, sometimes what... If you really believe in something... And you can see a pathway to, to uh, you know, to something that you want to achieve. There are going to be people that are going to want to help you and support you, but there are also going to be people that that don't want you to succeed. Hundred percent. Even though if they might not say that, but some people might act in a way that that they might hold you back. And um, and I guess uh, I know a lot of people might describe me as being stubborn. And kind of, you know, I have I'm fixed in my ways sometimes, and I want to achieve something. But at the same time, I think that uh, if I had listened to every single person that had told me what to do, I wouldn't have been as successful. Because at sometimes you have to decide who you're not going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, although that that said, now I'm telling people not to listen to people. So. I guess if you're listening to this feel free to ignore
1: my, my <laughs> advice but you said something very smart earlier you said um, um, you said when I, it's, it's getting blank now but you said something that should have stuck to, uh, in my mind but I'm sure I'm, I'm coming up with it again okay. which I really like because you, you're very on the point to that,
0: uh, I'll come back to it later anything else that you'd like to say um, when can I stay at your hotel? <coughs> when do you need a room? <laughs> well, I, well, I'm going back to Australia <coughs> tomorrow. today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, but I guess next time that I next time that I'm I'm back, I would I would love to stay. Um.
1: I'm sure you're coming for that one little thing in March I forgot the name ah it's called ITB
0: ITB yeah, yeah I heard about it do you know what ITB stands for
1: yeah the International Trinker Börse it's the International Trinker Fair
0: uh, no it's Trink- tourism 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 ah, sorry I forgot
1: yeah no <laughs> a little joke with it, yep. about it now.
0: I will definitely be here for ITB so you drop me an email I'd love to I
1: think I still got rooms available for that period Yeah, very. I probably have twenty less now. (laughs) And no, I don't have anything more to say. I'm. uh, I'm pleased to be here. It's always great. So so rarely up down here at the western end of Berlin.
0: Where do you where do you um, um where do you see your community in five years? Love it. Well, I've talked. I
1: talked about. Two different communities The one was the LGBT community Or the LGBT thing we created I think that's quite sustainable I'm not uh, not very I, I, I hope that it's not my face That always has to be the person Pushing and dragging it I hope there's other people emerging Who can take the lead at a point I think sometimes it's not bad If a person has Well in my in my terms A person that has created something Gives away the point To have new and better And other ideas behind that I would love to see that grow. And uh, on a, on a business on a, on my main job at Student Hotel I just joined recently so I think the, at the moment there is no competition for this hybrid model and I'm 100% sure in 5 years we have a competition. Right. So it's going to be interesting how you evolve and how you um, go on when you're the leader and somebody comes and attacks you how do you deal with that situation what is the new thing that you're going to bring in in uh, as long as you're leading, it's easy to be, like, creating stuff. But in the moment where you have to follow, it uh, might change a bit. So I'm really keen to see what we, de- what we do and what we-, what we have done so far. But based on what, we, what I do the whole day, I'm very convinced that in five years we still have very, very good events there, and good parties and good people and good students.